Still I can't let go Like I want to Cause I need you It seems you ought to know What the words mean That I bring you With pressure on my shoulders And silence ringing in my ears I'm feeling ten years older Than I ought to Guess I need you I can't find the verbs I have to choose to get to you Wasting precious words to come to truth and what it means What it means is that I'm here on the outside Waiting for your skipping stones There are these ties that bind us But I don't want loose Guess I need you I've turned off the light I've always used to get to you Wasted precious time trying to get it right And what it means I missed the way that everything was true What it means is you Only you can find a wicked mouth this hard and heart of mine Love that stretches over space and time I'm here on the outside Waiting for your invite So meet me in the moonlight And let me on the inside Flaming and a flood from just a spark. Only you can find a way to bring the light into my dark. I'm here on the outside, waiting for your invite. So meet me in the moonlight. Let me on the inside
let me on the seatbelt and hold on where nashville music scene comes alive right where you are you're listening to notable nashville podcast with your host groove dr j don't miss a beat Well, thanks, Brant D., for that awesome introduction. I am super excited and honored to be sitting down with Dave Elkins today of the band May and his solo project, Schematic. Um, thanks for sitting down and sharing some stories and some tunes with us today, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming over. Uh, you're at my studio, which is awesome. We're in the yes, Dave Cave. This is the Dave Cave, and this is the first time we've recorded a podcast outside of our own studio. So thanks for being so hospitality-ish. Or, I was trying to think of an adver- adjective for hospitality but uh, Hos- hospitable perhaps? hospitable yes 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 oh it's my pleasure i love being here i've been here all day every day for quite some time so it's just pretty easy to set things up this way so thanks for coming over here to my side to make this happen absolutely absolutely so i wanted to talk about um what may stands for is multi-sensory aesthetic experience i didn't know that until i kind of did a little bit of research but where does the name kind of derive from yeah uh may's drummer Jacob Marshall is, uh, has been my best friend since I was mm, a senior in high school. So 1999, 2000 is when we met. Wow, long time. And uh, we've been in the band together ever since. He came up with that name. Um, when we met, I was really passionate about sharing bands and music that I was into with him. Mm-hmm. He was into the idea that an art form that would touch on multiple senses would be something that he believed was part of the future and was something that he wanted to tap into with the music and the art that he was a part of. I was listening to like emo bands and really feeling music. And so the idea of something multi-sensory as it would collaborate with songwriting, with music production uh, with instrumentation arrangement, that was something that I I didn't know, but within my spirit, like I was way into. Yeah. So when you started the band, were you did you kind of have your hand in the production side of things, or was that along down the road as you decided that you really liked, um, you know, getting into that kind of creativity? Yeah. As far as like you know songwriting, but also producing as well. Yeah, I've been producing May since. Uh, the beginning not always throughout but since the first producer was sort of needed to okay. make May get into the studio write songs record songs I produced our first record Destination Beautiful which came out in 2003 and we worked on that like some of 2001 and a bunch in 2002 
and uh, that was our connection is that he was he was going to college um, studying aesthetic theory like why people think things are beautiful and he was wow. fascinated with this uh, condition that uh, several people have called synesthesia uh-huh. where they can like hear a note and see a color in their mind and the more people that have that synesthesia they tend to see the same colors when they hear the same notes and the same chords and the wow. same and uh, so he was like really you know researching and he was really fascinated with the science behind these things yeah that's really interesting so destination beautiful you talked about that 2003 2002 now tooth and nail put that out um they also put out the everglow you just finished up a 10th anniversary tour for that which i attended it was awesome oh so how did that feel to play songs that you created 10 years ago or probably even further than that when i remember what it was like to be in the studio what the writing process was like writing on the road for that second record Mm-hmm. Um, I had dreams, big dreams, and they were becoming possible with my bandmates because we were writing music and playing music for a living and reaching people and meeting people and traveling the world. And like, it was such an amazing, uh, like I was in a cocoon then I was coming out on the other side and like seeing all this opportunity that I'd never even really guessed was possible for my life in regards to how music would help me get there. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later, we're celebrating the anniversary of the record and we're meeting these people that were there and they were dating. A couple would be dating and come to like an Everglow show back in 05. And now they're showing us pictures of their, you know, four year old daughter whose middle name is May or something. Yeah. that's, That's crazy. And so the legacy that I was going for back then was really about the songs and it was really about the production and the experience of this album that was sort of seamless and you could read along uh, and sort of feel like you were going through this journey and this journey was very loose in its conception or its conceptualization rather um, and yet very like honed in and straightforward when it came to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always thinking about it like technically, you know, how to make this guitar part work or, you know, like this groove is cool. Should we speed it up? Those kind of things. Never thinking like people will identify with this record and people, they will base circumstances in their lives, you know, with this record in mind, you know, brides might dance their first dance, you know, married to a May song or walk down the aisle to yeah and yeah I I don't plan for that stuff you know and so that was like the thing that was so soul feeding um was meeting people like this every single you know day of show Uh, we had these VIP experiences where you could come early and talk to us and it wasn't about people meeting me it was about me meeting people because these people are having these stories to tell about how our record and our music had made that difference in their lives and yeah i was just thinking it'd be cool to play some music on a stage you know kind of getting into it so it was really really uh it was humbling and it was it was amazing it was wonderful it's one of my most like it has to be like my proudest accomplishment uh, thus far that's great as a as a may member yeah and even my experience like i was 14 15 when that album came out and 
sitting in my room listening to it, I never would have thought that today I'd be sitting in a studio with you talking about it. So it's it's kind of life changing for me too right now. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. So you you guys you formed in Norfolk, Virginia. How did uh, how did you travel to Nashville, or is now Nashville home for all of you guys, or just a few of you guys, or uh, no, just me. Um, May took a break in two thousand and ten. And that was after uh, three full-length records, um, three EP, three EPs, mm-hmm. and a uh, a B-sides record, and a lot of touring, like fifteen hundred plus shows. We needed a break, and so in in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, we we put the band down for a while, and I moved out here to Nashville to do exactly what we're doing, you know, sort of not right now with the podcast, but, um, I, I produce other bands, other artists. Uh, I'm around music almost every day. Like I wasn't a drummer in my first band, bass player in my second band, played wow. guitar and sang in May for the most part, then started playing keys in May, like, uh, almost most of the time, uh, eventually kind of all the time. And, uh, I just love being around it and I don't, it doesn't have to serve me as much as I love serving it. So Nashville seemed like that place where the community was strong. And of course we're here in music city and the opportunities, the economy, it was all sort of available. And Um, the vibe, I love the vibe here. It's just like, you know, people are happy. They're uh, smiling down the street. You wave to people. You don't see that everywhere. So no. And here you, you really do see it a lot, which is amazing. So I want to talk about your your solo project called Schematic, mm. um, and I wanted to quote something I read on the internet from you. You can tell me if it's true, but you said, the music industry model is broken and a drastic improvement is necessary. So what, what parts are in, in the mo- most need of fixing, in your opinion, and did you say that? I don't know. I just saw <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I probably did, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I mean it more days than others. Mm-hmm. Uh and we really have to hone in specifically on what that means. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't think that it's broken. I think that the perception is that there are models that we traditionally work within that are dead models. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that technology changes things so quickly that music is one of the first things to um, be subject to technology's changes. And the ones who are successful are the ones who adapt, the ones who see the change and want to be a part of it instead of resisting it. Mm -hmm. And I'd assume that a, a book that was written five years ago about where the music industry is, is in some cases completely accurate today and completely irrelevant today um i think maybe less that that it's broken and more that it's ever changing and it's important to stay aware of where the changes are and where you are in the industry so that way you can know how to best make decisions move in places where maybe those places five years ago didn't even exist as options Absolutely. Uh, educating uh, and experience uh, are the ways that have brought me along on my path. And my passion is to share my experience, connect people with others who have experiences so they have more 
experience vicariously instead of necessarily or not necessarily signing those same contracts, going through those same uh, record label deals. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you too because Tooth and Nail is a is a Christian label. Did you guys were you guys pinned down as a Christian band as May, or um, were you just kind of picked up that way and uh, marketed as you know this is this is uplifting, this is positive music. Um, you could buy our albums in Christian bookstores uh-huh. um, when we were on Tooth and Nail. And then and, Capitol Records later, right? Yes, and eventually on Capitol. But like, I would say if there were 100,000 records sold, like maybe 5,000 of them were in Christian bookstores. Oh, okay. Um, so the percentage was so small it was more of an asset the way we looked at it because not necessarily any other label could get us like on shelves in places that Tooth and Nail could get us into. And Tooth and Nail was definitely going to get us into all of the traditional places that we needed to be in anyway, the Best Buys and the local mom and pop record stores and mm-hmm. Walmart and Target and, you know, there were so many record stores back then, the towers and et cetera, that are kind of either gone or almost completely gone um, today. But the way we toured, the way that we cared about the music. It was was more than just a label or, you know, like we're doing this because. Yes. we, We didn't like play the Christian festivals. We didn't do the circuit the way that a quote-unquote Christian band could do the circuit. And we weren't a Christian band. So whatever Tooth and & Nail and their label brought to us, it didn't, it didn't, it, there was no stigma attached, uh-huh. and therefore it really never affected us negatively and positively. It really didn't affect us too much there either. Well, that's cool. I was just interested in how that all came about, but... um Man, this was really interesting. Uh, what's one what's one piece of advice you would give to bands that you maybe help market and produce or you're working with right now? What do you what's your best piece of advice as far as like as the industry is changing and how to stay how to stay in it, and how to stay relevant? Hmm. Oh boy. Don't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's a great question. <laughs> it, it, my advice would be let's get coffee. Let's get coffee. Yeah, like let's let's have another conversation because I'm definitely not at a place where I can just start giving you like a little Dave proverbs or something <laughs> about it. It's more like let's let's have discussion and let's talk about things and wherever I can give my experience, that's what I love to do. And I'm always trying to learn more because, like I said, it's ever changing. So uh, whatever it might take for us to discover something that neither one of us had you know the answer to beforehand I think that's where the music industry is headed and uh, you know with apps and technologies and streaming services and the way vinyl still matters and digital still matters and at the end of the day I think it's always about the art and um, you have to be true to the purpose that you're serving and be willing to serve in the process and I think somewhere along the way you'll make something of value and people will connect to it and 
as soon as that's the case, then there is an industry attached to it. And I would always encourage the creators, the songwriters, the the musicians, the players that I work with to make as much money that's available for you to make during this ride so it can become a career and you can find ways to live normal lives and mm-hmm. try to do things like normal people do, like buy houses and have families and have health insurance and things like that. And there's sure. most certainly a way to do that with a career in the music in the music industry, even if you're just, you know, a a session like percussionist. There's something available for you. Just gotta hone in on your craft and be passionate towards learning. And uh and I think the rest can take care of itself. You just have to be really aware of all of the all the, what all the words mean in those contracts and you know just research keep learning keep keep growing and you'll find how to navigate your way through the the music industry waters because there are plenty of sharks and there are plenty of mm-hmm. i don't know uh safe places piranhas well they're piranhas too but <laughs> but they're safe places as well you yeah know, they're, they're, there's little islands yeah exactly and so don't be so skeptical and don't try to do it all by yourself try to find your giftings and your talents and and grow those and if you can't manage yourself then don't and if you shouldn't start a record label then don't if you need a producer then get one if you if you're better by yourself in a closet making beautiful music then don't change you know trust your gut often and then try to find good people along the way to help you out awesome how about that everybody dave elkins thanks so much for sitting down with us today would you mind playing another we heard an awesome starting song would you mind and in the show with a little live tune. Oh, I'd love to. All right, cool. Let's yeah, see. here we go. Is that your song I hear playing? Cause I'm feeling it too. Does it take all direction or control over you? When you sing, do you slip away back to that place in your mind? Let our love be the one thing you won't leave behind. Yeah, rewind and play. It's time to go backwards. As we dance I know you're reminiscing Through our romance Can you hear the piano Da-da-da-da-da And the pulse of the drums Does the tune in the crew Bring it back to our love Oh, come and find it, honey 
wine and play It's time to go backwards again I move by the way Older notes in time make a memory Night in today Can we move onward from here Where we could stay On and on attached to Time to go backwards again I move by the way All the notes in time make a sweet melody Night and today We have been captured again A new time and place To make a million new memories Thanks for listening to Notable Nashville Podcast. You can keep up with the happenings at NotableNashville.com, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and don't forget to drop us a line if you want to join us on the show. Big thanks to Ken Fritz of General Joystick for writing our theme song. All production handled by Jordan Johansson and Gary Brannigan.